2: Hey, remember me? It is Salon Sluice, and I am back. Today I have a special guest. She has been on the show before, but today is a little bit different. It is Jeanette Lucas. She is going to be talking about um, the work that she does, and she brought a special friend with her who they have worked on cases together. Um, Jeanette, if I just go back through um, her website, actually, it states that Jeanette is. Um, known for working with police, family, and businesses on various projects from missing persons and finding missing objects, finding treasures, and solving mysteries. Um, I personally am working with her on a local case here, um, and I'm hoping that she can help me at least try to solve it. Um, She has been successful in many other cases, so my hopes are high. Um, She also works with this man that she's bringing on today, and Um, Together, they have uncovered a lot of information and helped a lot of different families. So without further ado, here is Jeanette Lucas. Today, we do have Jeanette Lucas is on the show. Um, Jeanette, I would like you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are. And then I'd like you to introduce your friend. Sure. So I'm also
3: known as Jeanette Matasha Lucas or Jeanette Lucas. And I've been interviewed in the Smithsonian Magazine to locate lost objects. And I'm also known for locating missing persons, finding treasure, and the paranormal ghosty shows, of course. And sometimes I team up with different people for different projects. For example, today we have a guest, Jim Napier, who works with me on search and recovery or search basically search for missing persons. Um, But he can also do um, buried treasure on land or in the water. Um, He has some of the best equipment on the water and he'll have to explain that. Um, And I get calls from all over the United States and actually the world. Just had a call from the Philippines and Canada. But people are doing a lot of treasure hunting lately. So today we're going to talk about Um, a case I worked on uh, with Jim and Jim was my boots on the ground and I was doing the work remotely and um, Jim and I met uh, accidentally through a friend of his and I was working on the Kaylee Anthony case and he'll tell you what happened to him and how he was working on the Casey Anthony case so it was almost like a predestined team effort to to help out with missing persons So today what we're going to do is talk about true crime, not the other topics we talk about, but we are going to talk about the good, bad, and ugly of true crime and what has happened to us and the things that occur when moving forward trying to successfully close a case or obtain closure. So today is going to be part one and I am also known for not only locating uh, missing toddler, Kaylee Anthony, but I'm also known for locating over 25 other missing people. And I've worked for the authorities and the FBI. <clears throat> I've also worked for families. And I'm written up in various magazines. I'm on YouTube for various radio shows or podcasts, various interviews. So today is a, is going to be a great day because it's my first interview with Jim And a lot of people don't know about people behind the scenes. So I want to bring him forward and he can talk about what he does um, being boots on the ground. So Jim, take it away and be sure and tell him about your equipment and what you do full time during the day too. So so Jim doesn't get paid typically for missing persons unless the family has funding. So I just want people to know sometimes, most of the time we expect a payment if, if you have the budget for it. And if you don't, we have to juggle our finances. And if we can't afford to pay for it ourselves, we actually try to get a sponsor. So take it away, Jim.
4: Hey, everybody. Uh, My name is Jim Napier. I'm the boots on the ground for Jeanette. And most of the time when we do our search and rescue or search uh, to find missing persons or any objects of of that nature, Uh, even in the water or land, Um, We have different types of equipment that we use. We use a four-wheeler, obviously, to go across land. And using a Lorant system, uh, we can locate different uh, properties on on land, as well as if we're missing uh, people or cars or some kind of investigation into water. Um, Using a down imaging and side imaging service, we actually um, actually, uh, search, and we can actually see items on the bottom. So what we do is we search the waterways. We'll search uh, banks, the the edge of the waterways. Uh, We actually searched for uh, a girl that was in Daytona uh, along a bank uh, waterway and and a train track. And we actually met with the family and did a really good job with that as well. Uh, We've we've done quite a few together already and and had pretty good success. I think the most exciting part of it is getting closure for the family and knowing that they are, are finding peace here on earth with with what we do and what we find and and what Jeanette does. She's amazing. Um, Absolutely just incredible how she can determine where I'm at and just say, Hey, I, I, I noticed you're here and has no clue where I'm at, but she finds me. So to say that she's, Really good at what she does. That that would be an understatement. So, other than that, I mean, I, I try to search and find people and clues, and we deal with a lot of Barney Fives uh, that that don't want you in the in the case um, because then you know their investigation is determined um, by us, and then they they want all the credit. We find that quite often where they they decide they want the credit instead of giving it to Jeanette. She gives them the lead and they go to the exact spot and then find the person and they go, well we didn't we didn't know anything about that. so um it, it's been documented, and we've we've done pretty good with proving our point and and uh even on like uh television shows that we've talked and done some stuff with, uh, they've been pretty impressed with what we do.
2: Well, you have done two of the, my favorite things well, would be like solving crime and mixing in sort of like the, the spiritual aspect of how we can connect with people when we're not standing right next to them. Now, um, I don't know if you have a specific case that you wanted to talk about, but can you give me some examples? You have mentioned it, but can you give me some like like um, a specific example of some of the things that you've worked on together and and, and how that worked when you guys aren't near each other? <coughs>
3: Well, I I can tell you, um, Jim needs to tell his story about the Casey Anthony case and what happened to him. And while he was helping out with the Casey Casey Anthony case and I didn't even know him, he was doing one thing and I was on the phone with the helpers or volunteers to help locate the child. So Jim was doing one thing and I was doing another. And then we accidentally got to meet via a friend of his. So Jim, why don't you tell him what you were doing for the Casey Anthony case and we'll do it in sort of a semi-timeline.
4: So I was basically looking for uh, the persons that were involved that took the child. And I met with the actual grandparents um, and we did a big event in Daytona uh, to try to raise some money to help with uh, their their costs that they were going through. My um, dad actually got a, a Navy SEAL to come and play. He was a musician. And we actually had them come and play at an event up in Daytona off of International Speedway. And they came and we met, we met with their dogs and I just had this overwhelming feeling. I had to do something for this case and and actually try to help as much as I could. Um, You know, you're only one person and and you can only do so much, but it just was really weird how I ran into Jeanette and and everything kind of clicked. And then, Next thing I know, we're talking about the same exact things. And she turned the police and everybody in the right direction. And, and here we go. Now she's she's found and and the, the, the child's found and and they're searching an area that Jeanette actually told them to search. And they went right up to that point, but they never went into that point. Uh, which was kind of odd, you know, that they didn't exceed and go in a little bit further. Then the next time they go through there, they actually go in a little further like Jeanette had told them to do, and they found the child. So, you know, I don't know how the connections always work, but it seems like, um, you know, spiritually, me and Jeanette get on the same page and I can actually be at a place. And as long as people aren't talking to me, interrupting the the flow of the, the psychic part of it, um, you know, when people start talking around you and, and distorting the signals, you 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 can really send a bad signal to uh, the person that's actually making the connection. And it's, it's a unique feeling when you know they're catching feeling. For instance, we were working on a star case. Her name was something star. I can't remember the first name. Uh, and she was out at Daytona. And I was standing on the railroad tracks at an intersection. And I said to Jeanette, hey, I'm. I'm by a railroad track, and she says, there's an arrow with a school, something about a school near you, there's an arrow, and I said, well, there's a big billboard above me that says school crossings, please be safe, and it was literally right above me, and she said, it's an arrow, I said, well, it looks like an arrow, because it's pointing north on this railroad track, but it ended up being, that's the track that they found the girl on, and it was up further, uh, right by a water line, and That case was pretty intense because there was police involved that were uh, found like involved with that particular case and there's a good chance they were involved with murder. So I don't, I don't know what the outcome was completely. I know the family uh, was grateful for us to come and help and we did a great job and that was just one case. Then the Holly Bobo case, I went there and met with the Holly Bobo family and, and literally the father was so upset with everybody coming and going and nobody actually doing the right thing. Um, we actually met with his gun pointed at me. So I was a little set back, and I, and I explained who I was and what I was doing. And he seemed to calm down and, and was grateful that we were there, but he was still, you know, hesitant because he didn't believe in paranormal. He didn't believe in anything like this. He didn't believe that somebody could find somebody. Well, I felt like there was something going on with the neighbor. And the neighbor, me and uh, Jeanette and I, uh, felt like something was going on with one of the neighbors. And his name was Renfro. Well, he worked at a adult store in town. And come to find out, I, I heard he was involved in that situation. And he was their direct neighbor. Who actually had uh, feelings for her and you can read about it now because all the, the court cases have come out with all the people that got arrested and that was actually what happened in the Holly Bobo case and the very first case um, was a girl that was missing from a uh, a nightclub actually I think it was the second case. the first the first case was the Casey Anthony and then the second case was the girl at the nightclub I believe. Um, and that girl came up missing and was found in a, uh, behind a, a house and under a shed or something. And Jeanette pointed them right to that location, and they found her. So it's, it's quite interesting, and I, and I get a lot of gratitude when I see that these families are getting closure and, and you know, it works. So anybody that says it doesn't work, I can't, I wouldn't believe them because uh, I've seen it with my own eyes.
2: So, Jim, I wanted to ask you, are you a, you're a private investigator? Is that what you do? Um, actually, no, I'm just a private citizen that actually um,
4: helps her out. I, I don't have any uh, <clears throat> policing background or anything other than I was in the cadet program as a child. Um, but I just have a spiritual feeling when I go and do these things. I feel like I'm connecting with, with her and we can actually locate people.
2: So do you like you find about like a search and rescue and you go to these things and then try to find them. And, and then do you reach out to Jeanette or do you guys talk about it ahead of time and then do we your, your own search? Gonna go. Okay. Yeah,
4: We talked about where I'm going to go. She kind of points me in the direction of where I'm going to go. And then, uh, you know, I search that area and I, I can give her GPS coordinates and that kind of thing as well. And now that we've got the New Lorant system in the boats, um, it really helps when you're looking at locating people in the water. Uh, you know, a lot of people come up missing with their cars, and you, you can see that with uh, the Loran. You'll find a vehicle or a truck, car, boat, whatever it is. And as long as you locate that and, you, you know, connect, connect with the authorities, they'll let you take it out of the water, or they'll come and take it out of the water usually. Um, and they'll actually investigate the vehicle because first of all, it's probably a stolen vehicle. Um, And then at that point, it's a crime scene to start with. So it's a crime scene because it is a stolen vehicle or a missing vehicle or something has happened with that vehicle. So a few times they pulled vehicles out of the the water, not with me, but with other guys, um, because we're new with the new electronics that we just got. Um, They'll pull a boat. The, the, the car, or truck, or whatever out, and they'll find remains in the vehicle. So as long as the windows are closed, usually the remains will stay in the vehicle, it will, it will sink to the bottom, and they can recover everything, which obviously helps with the recovery and, and, and uh, closure for the family as well.
2: Well, I, I, I know you said you're just a citizen, but you are a very active citizen with these different cases. Is there mm-hmm. certain cases that draw you in more than others that like I mean there's people missing all over how do you pick the ones that you feel that you're connected to that you want to help these families
4: I really don't pick them
2: You don't it's okay. more
4: so genetic Okay I mean there's been a couple of times that we were working you know on the same thing cuz I lived in the Daytona area and it was very dear to my heart that somebody in Orlando was missing mm-hmm. and you know it was big down there at the time as far as being on TV everywhere and I reached out to them because I was in the music business and I decided that I could help with, by doing a concert or something to raise some money so they can get some more funding to find a way to find their, their you know, missing grandbaby. And that to me, it's not about as much to pay as, you know, yes, you got to have money to cover the cost of expenses to go and search and, and hotel rooms and food and be away from your family. But man, what a great feeling to know that you did something that, Maybe they left a clue or something that you can find out exactly who did it. And to me, that that's the reward. It's not really the the reward as money as much as it is the reward that you've you've helped close uh, some some situation with a family that you know the average person doesn't have time to do.
2: Yeah. So Jeanette, then I want to ask you the question is are there certain cases that you feel connected to and that's how you're choosing them? Then you're reaching out to Jim <laughs> or is it based on like region? You know, this certain case happened where he's at, then you reached him. How do you decide which ones that you want to work on? With?
3: Yeah. So sometimes people will just call me out of the blue. They, they've heard about me. Um, for example, there was a case recently in South Carolina and the people had heard about me and they said, Hey, would you like to work on this? And they were going to pay me, but I, I just didn't feel good about the case. When I say that, I don't feel good. I get a sensation of a heaviness. And then if I'm concerned, I might call Jim and say, hey, what do you think about this case? I mean, he's married, I'm married, but we seem to be on the same telepathic path and we can pick up the negative versus the positive. And if you get too much negative, you keep thinking, maybe I shouldn't work on this case, it's too dangerous. So for example, the Casey Anthony case, I got a call from a former Uh, federal agent. And he asked me if I would help with the case. I didn't even know it was all over the news. I was really busy with my family and being a helicopter mom. And so my mind was more on that. I just didn't even turn on the news. I mean, I was bringing up little kids. Um, So that sort of popped in. And I'd been working with the guy, the the guy that called me, the former agent. Uh, When he called me, he had a bunch of other cases and he He said, oh, I'm going to start a nonprofit. And here's the name of the nonprofit. And he mailed me photos and information in the mail. And I thought, OK, another guy who's going to start a nonprofit. Um, I was a little cautious. But I said, OK, let's give it a shot. I really didn't want to do the Casey Anthony case. Um, He had originally gone to my father. Uh, My father didn't do a team effort. But I noticed when you do missing persons cases, you got to have somebody boots on the ground. And if you aren't out of state, how are you going to pay for that? Because people don't give donations.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
4: Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
3: I mean, I've had people call here and say, oh, I want to give you a donation. Well, if I was going to give a donation, I'm going to send it to Jim because he's the boots on the ground. I mean, you're talking meals, you're talking gas, you're talking taking off time. For example, again, uh, you know, I'm going to jump around a little bit so people just bear with me. So, Jim, tell him what you do during the day. So, during the day, he has a normal job, all right? The, Jim. Well,
4: pretty much. Um, I don't know how normal it is, but it's a job. Um, I sell portable buildings and I have a, a TV show that I did uh for five years. And basically I, I've met a lot of artists, and then I had a management company. I managed Jimmy Van Zant from the Lyndon skinner family, and he passed away. And so I started really feeling like I need to do something a little different as well. Um, that's how I kind of got into this portable building business and then uh you know i still have that that feeling in my gut when things come up and i and i hear certain things or you know that bank we can call and go like she said what do you think of this situation i'm a big guy six foot three 350 pounds i'm a big boy i'm not afraid of anything but when you get in a situation where people are panicking and they're they're you know distraught because their family members are missing or you get near something that people know what happened and now you're risking them getting caught. They're going to lash out at you and it happens quite often. They'll lash out at you and you got to be somebody that's stern, but understands what's going on. And to me, I feel like I understand and I kind of get it. And I think a lot of my situations is they, they are intimidated because I'm a big guy. And usually they'll turn themselves in or they'll, they'll make a mistake and say something wrong and an investigator find it. And then, you know, it happens. Then, then they're caught. And to me, that's, that's the best part of it is knowing that I could do something to help a family, help a family, find their missing persons, help their family find a missing treasure, um, missing car, boat, whatever, um, items, we had kids that were missing in, in Florida that were out on a, on a road, um, found their shoes on a, on a wire and, and basically located the kids. So it, it, it doesn't always turn out to be bad when you're finding people. Um, not all the time are they dead or miss, you know missing for a long period of time and, and they come up as recovered in a car or whatever. Sometimes you find them because they left because they wanted to leave. They wanted to get out of there. They didn't want to be in that area no more. They didn't want to be a part of that family no more. There's a lot of different things that happen. But Jeanette's connection, he finds it, whether it's good, bad, or different. And some people don't like her answers because she'll be very, very blunt with them. And the bluntness is what gets me to say she's she's the real deal. She don't beat around the bush. She don't make it like she's taking their money and, and you know, uh, gonna run it out until they run out of money, and then say, "Well, I'm I'm sorry, I couldn't figure it out." No, she doesn't do that. So impressed. That's that's what impressed me to work with
2: her. I'm curious. Like you have this draw to like find missing people, but then you have this business that you do Monday for, through Friday. um
4: Well, I own the business. I can leave at any time. Okay. I have my whole family running the place. So. My family is a very big supporter of me and they and they stand behind me and, and help me with all the business that I have.
2: I was just gonna ask that. Like you must have a very supportive family if they're allowing yeah. you to like go. I'm taking I'm guessing this takes weekends out of your life to go and do this work. It's,
4: it's not just weekends, it's at the time of the moment. Because the first 72 hours, like they say, is the critical time to, to figure out what's happened in the case. After that, it starts distorting. And with Jeanette, if I can connect quickly on a spot location, um product, something that they wore, a teddy bear, which I think that's why we did the Casey Anthony was with the teddy bear.
3: I did. Oh, I yeah. did. Somebody mailed me the teddy bear. hmm
4: Yep. And the teddy bear was how she really locked in on them. And for me, I'm just I'm just the the person that's going out there with the eyes and the ears on the ground and, and sending it back to her and she does her thing and, and she'll call me in the middle of the night. You got to go. You got to go now. It's going to be a four <laughs> hour ride, six hour ride, whatever it is. And you know, you get up and you go take care of it because that family's counting on, they're counting on that. She has good information and that it doesn't get washed away. It doesn't wash downstream. It doesn't go, uh, the coyotes don't pick up parts and carry them away, which happens. Um, Quite often people have that situation where body parts are missing and it's because the, the animals take them and, and drag them away. And again, parents and family members don't want to hear that, but that's factual stuff that happens. And unfortunately facts is what they've got. They got to accept it. If we're out looking and I find just a the hand, then the body's probably nearby, but it could be anywhere because the coyote could have drug it over there or uh Buzzard, whatever, Um, and Jeanette will tell you uh, what is the most uh, what what is the first part that you think that they take animals animals would take from a body.
3: Mm, I you know it's so hard to say. I would lean toward probably the the hand or the arm. It depends on the size of the of the person. Um, Now just remember, I have worked on when we worked on Holly Bobo. You know, we're jumping around, but on the Holly Bobo case. Um, unfortunately, when she was killed, she was killed by a bunch of meth heads. They were heavy into drugs. And unfortunately, I mean, as gorgeous as she was, she wasn't a 10. She was more like a 20. Plus she was educating herself to be a nurse and she was a very good person. And she had a boyfriend. So it, a lot of guys were just super interested in her and it, they went beyond boundaries and they abducted her and they did some very terrible things to her. So on, when she went when, she, when they finally decided to dispose of her, unfortunately, I hate to use that term, they um, they shot her up with some medicine. And I do see this happen periodically with the, the crystal meth heads. Um, they, they are the most dangerous people out there because they don't even remember sometimes some of the things they do. And Jim was telling me in Florida, certain parts of the United States, they're drugs that are so dangerous that you're hooked once, once you try it one time. And, um, you know, so, so it, it can be very deadly or it can be where the people black out and just do terrible things on Holly when they shot her up. She didn't die. She right when they were getting ready to go bury her, So they decided, oh, she's not dead. We, we, we shot enough drugs into her. We thought, darn, she'd be dead. They shot her. I mean, these are not pretty pictures. And it's, again, the good, the bad, the ugly of, of crime cases, true crime the reality is when jim gets out there he has to either take a metal detector or he has to use a pair of binoculars or he takes his four-wheeler he's got the equipment um and he's also got a really nice boat system now the lawrence as he mentioned that can pinpoint a human being within like 150 feet from the boat his boat and So it it certainly helps, I call it the radius and the FBI uses the method of called the radius. And what you wanna do is pinpoint an area and say, all right, search this radius. Um, When I do treasure hunting, the good news is that's the fun stuff. And so we're gonna switch gears and talk about treasure hunting. If Jim was out and he was looking for a ship in the water um, which I'm I'm getting a call from a woman in the Mississippi and she goes, oh, I want him to go find this, this, and this. Um, so Jim thinks it would cost about 15,000, uh, but he, in, in two day time, he may be able to find the missing treasure in the Mississippi. I mean, you're paying 15,000 and yet you could be finding several million dollars worth of gold using his high-tech equipment. So that is the fun part of locating treasure Um, locating something I mean my specialty is location so when I hear all these psychics talking about stuff you don't go on emotion you don't go on music you don't go what if um, you go on the specifics Um, so for example like I was just talking about the Bobo case uh, on that particular case they had they had uh, taken her body apart unfortunately and they left a bucket on the side of a hill and what had happened on that particular case is I, I told the a woman I worked with, which, which was a friend of the family, I gave her the names of the killers. And I said, as soon as, um, and I gave a name, I said, as soon as this is there, which is a person or something very important, and um, which I was trying to tell Jim, you said, I said, when you take the four-wheeler, you have to look to your west and you'll you'll find her on the west side of the bank. But if you're on the on the hill, you can't see her. So and if you're coming south, it's going to be on the west side. So all these specifics really really help. Um, and I said Stone. When Stone gets there, everything will be okay. Well, the guy by the name of Stone was out um, looking for tea. You know, grown tea off of the land, and he found a bucket, and he knew right away it was Holly. Bobo's parts and that's how he found her and Jim had been there just a few weeks before had Jim been on his four-wheeler and gone up the area where I told him to go he would have looked on the west side he pays attention to detail and that's really important and he would have seen the bucket got out of the car got got off the four-wheeler looked and said oh god I gotta call the cops so the family refused to let him go on the property and and go in the direction we needed to go in. So Stone was there. I think God has a divine intervention and they found Holly Bobo. Um, Shifting gears and talking about star in, in Florida. um, She actually came to me in a dream and, and which meant to me, she was very intuitive, very telepathic. And she said, I'm located off the railroad tracks right next to Oak Street, just go down there. So I sent Jim down there and then he started noticing all these details. But again, he's very detail oriented. Um, some people are very, very oriented with paying attention. And uh, But again, I think it's because Jim also owns a bunch of equipment that can locate items and all sorts of things. And, <clears throat> and I think this is you know, important for credibility is that if you don't pay attention to the detail, you could go right past a body and just not even pay attention. And some of these cases, we do find people alive and, oh my God, you know, you, you can't miss them because what if they've been out for days and, and they're in the bushes, they're going to die because of your lack of paying attention. So um, those are a couple of cases, but the thing I liked about Jim was when he did the uh, Florida case with the missing star, um, Miss, miss Starr. Uh, When he was down there, I said, there's another guy down there, too. And um, I said, on Star, what was interesting? And I said, I think there's a second body down there and um, not too far away. And I said, so if you see a second body, I think it's a guy. And I think he got shot and killed. And so, Jim, if you want to take it over, you mentioned to me that you were forced to stop searching for Star because the other body was there that nobody you thought nobody knew about
4: yeah it was kind of an odd situation I was the only one outside of the family that the police were talking to um, and I, I went in I went in when they actually discovered the body and the family was sitting there and they said we're not going in without Jim there and that was you know kind of gave me a little bit of support showing that they were really confident we did the part of finding that situation and the second person, Um, was involved when they started searching the area that I told them she was in. And they started searching. They found another person as well. So they were thinking this is a repeat situation. Repeat situation from whoever was doing it, but they weren't sure because the way that they were killed was different. So it could be the same person or it could just be by luck that two persons uh, were found in that area Um, that we're missing and and we're murdered. So I I honestly feel like with the new equipment we got, we're really going to open up a lot of new doors. Um, We spent a lot of money to get this boat, this stuff together. uh, And it's going to help us tremendously with down vision, side vision and uh, pinpoint uh, accuracy down to if I seen a concrete block on the bottom of the water up to a 300 foot Line, I could be 300 feet away, I could still see that block of concrete um, or a person or a car or a bike or anything. It's unreal how good this equipment has become. It helped us um, to do what we're going to be doing. And so,
3: Jimmy, is that digital or <laughs> what do they consider that kind of equipment?
4: Uh, Lowrance down imaging and side imaging, and then it's mm-hmm. called pinpoint. And then we also have the hummingbird coming in, which is another one that... You can look all these up and, and just YouTube them. You'll see how accurate they are. Um, you can actually see a car or a truck, van, whatever, on the bottom, and then I can actually pick up the bottom and actually spin it around and see what the compost is of what it is that's on the ground. Um, if it's mud, concrete, asphalt, driveways, uh, prior neighborhoods that have been flooded, um, there's there's all kinds of things that we can do with this this image stuff. So. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I had Marantz for a long time. They sponsored me for a long time. And now this boat that we've got equipped uh, has everything. I mean, it's it's incredible. And I think it's going to help us in the long, the long run to close a lot of cases.
3: There is, I do, just one thing I want to say is that it, if folks, don't forget that the equipment he has is also good for, uh, I guess you could call it uh, deep sea fishing. Not too deep, but he, he does take oh, no, people out to, to tour and fish. Feet. What?
4: We can go thousands of
3: feet down. Yep. Really impressive. So if you're fishing, <laughs> you know, and you want you want that swordfish or you, you want that, I, I don't want to say dolphin or porpoise, but um, he can certainly find you what you're looking for. But he does take special tours for that. I mean, that definitely supports his missing person work on the side.
2: Yeah, that's know? our company, No Better Fish
4: In. And it's actually fish incom dot or dot net.
2: Can you say Would that you again? Find you know? These cars, Jim. Do you yeah. just do you just um, reach out to like the police and let them know it's there? Or do you bring the cars up yourself?
4: No, we don't bring the car up until the authority has been notified.
2: Okay. Do you because go?
4: Once you- once it becomes a vehicle or something or a body, if you see it in the screen. Um, immediately we're dialing 911 to get them to come and they'll pinpoint us now with the new locations off your phone. They can actually pinpoint me right where I'm at at the scene. And that helps them find exactly where we are. We then tag the area with a tag that floats down with a like a lead weight and uh, we mark it. And then we also, we mark it on our our Lorance unit Um, on the screen. We can actually tag it right there and tag that spot. In fishing, that's really good when you're trying to find a, a fishing hole, basically. And we use it for multiple purposes, obviously. Um, and then once a vehicle's found, technically, I want the police to pull it up first. And then if I'm there, usually they'll work with us and say, hey, you know, how'd you find it? And I show them the, the lorance and it shows the tracking how we got to that spot. And, um, it's pretty intense. Um, the waypoints that we use, And I can go in and actually see the depth of the the surface. Um, I can look at the vehicle or car or person or whatever it is, or missing product Um, actually found some jewelry uh, that somebody lost. There was a watch and a bracelet, Um, found that a pair of sunglasses. I mean, that's how accurate it is. And you want to talk about feeling cool about knowing that there's going to be a big difference in what we do. When we go searching these people now, and it's, it's quite expensive. I mean, the whole boat's probably right around $175,000 with the equipment. So it's not like it's a little investment. We made an investment.
2: Yeah. When you see these things underwater, like, um, I'm just picturing like the old school, like fishing, like when you're, um, the fish, they just look like blobs. When you say like you find these, you can actually see these items.
4: They will actually auto detect the fish. And tell you what species they are. Oh, all wow. The way down, I mean, it is incredible yeah. what they've come up with. That is, and, and the yeah. technology is just going to open a lot of doors. I would suggest to anybody do not put anything in the water unless you want somebody to find it.
2: If you have a missing loved one and you need help from Jeanette, you can reach her at Reach Jeanette, R E A C H g-i-n-e-t-t-e at gmail.com. She also has a website. It's called reachgenette.com. And if you need to work with Jim as well, she can get in touch with him. I want to thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week.